0: greetings how are you doing how's april treated you april for me has been a huge transition period i had a birthday i went to steamboat springs colorado with my family to celebrate my son's 30th birthday and i moved into a home and so (laughs) had a lot of changes. If it sounds any different, it's because I'm in a different closet and I haven't soundproofed it yet. All right, today we're going to talk about how to leverage coaching competencies if you aren't a certified coach. This is a pretty deep dive, but the reason I'm doing this episode is because I've heard enough horror stories from clients who have talked about how their bosses have coached them. And coaching, because it's an unregulated industry, a lot of people call themselves coaches. And frankly, your boss can coach you and say that he's coaching you without any particular certification. And I want to try to help you guys as you become or if you are already managers of people to do a better job. Many people in leadership positions in companies choose to get a coaching certification, but I recognize that that may not be appropriate or attainable for everyone, so I wanted to give you kind of a down and dirty coaching lesson today to help you become a better coach. I am a certified executive and leadership development coach, and I'm going to be talking about the competencies laid out by the International Coaching Federation, which is our main governing body, the ICF, and they have really good coaching competencies. So I want to go over those with you, some of them today. A reminder that I offer monthly job search masterclass on various topics around the job search, networking, interview skills, resume writing, all of that. It's always held on the third Thursday of every month at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern. The link is in the show notes that you can find the next session, what it's about, and to actually register, you have to register to attend. All right, let's dive into these competencies The first one I want to talk about is cultivates trust and safety. And the reason I think this one is number one and should be number one is that if you don't have that trust and safety with your employees, you're not going to be able to coach them effectively. So it's so important that you create a safe, supportive environment that is going to facilitate your employees opening up being able to share freely with you own up to their mistakes own up to their doubts and fears and you know you build mutual respect and trust so that's number one cultivates trust and safety number two is maintains presence it's so important that as you're coaching that you are present with your employees at all times really even when you aren't coaching them to really be present for them but when you especially when you go into the coaching arrangement you want to eliminate the any potential for disruptions so you want to make sure that both your potential for mental disrupt, distractions is eliminated or minimized and also environmental distractions so here are some tools for maintaining presence in the coaching relationship Number one, you want to have an agenda and flexibility. So when I think about how I position this with my clients, is I say, we we actually do a pre-coaching call. So once they've signed on and we're getting ready to do the coaching portion of their package, we do a pre-call and it has two purposes. One is to establish the goals and number two is to set up the times for these calls But I make it very clear that at any point they can come to the call or they can reach out to me via email ahead of a call and say, hey, I know we were supposed to talk about X today, but Y has come up. And I really want to talk about Y instead of X. So you want to have an agenda for these calls, a purpose that is working you towards the ultimate goal. We're going to be talking about the goals in a minute. And also have that flexibility that if something has come up that the employee wants to work on, that you can kind of jump tracks and and go with what will serve them the best. Also, you want to trust your intuition. So if you get a hunch through the coaching process that, something else is going on or that there's something they're not saying or whatever the case may be if you're feeling something in your gut trust it and act on it at least ask the question to see maybe what comes up also be open to not knowing and to taking risks so in terms of You as the coach are not supposed to have all the answers. It's not possible for any one person to have all the answers. And really, you're not the person who is giving the answers. You're the person who is facilitating the answers coming to your client, to your employee. So it's okay if you don't know. You know, if if they say, should I do it this way or this way? And you honestly don't know, you can say that. And then you can say, well, let's try both. Let's come up with a way that you can try both options and see which one works best for you. And also taking risks, like putting yourself out there, putting, asking your employee to put themselves out there to try new things. I think one of the biggest tools that I personally use in the coaching relationship is using humor to lighten the mood. So especially as things get dark or maybe sad or kind of take a downturn, I think that humor is an incredibly good tool and just kind of lighten the mood up and break the break the tension. And then finally, you want to avoid being overwhelmed by your employees' emotions. So you want to maintain that professional distance now compassion is absolutely called for in the coaching arrangement and at the same time you don't want to be overwhelmed by that you don't want to carry those emotions around with you and have them weigh you down so you want to find a way to have a little bit of professional distance so that's number two maintains presence number three listens actively You, of course, want to hear what your employee is saying and what your employee is not saying. To fully understand what's going on, and so a great coach is going to do a lot less talking than listening. And so, developing those active listening skills, and if that's an area that is not strong for you, there are plenty of courses and and online classes that you can take on active listening. I know I did a program, oh gosh, before COVID, for an organization on active listening, and we spent a whole day really developing those skills. So you want to make sure that you're really listening and hearing what the employee is saying. That's number three, listens actively. Number four, powerful questioning to evoke awareness. One of the biggest tools in a coach's toolbox are powerful questions that really shift the paradigm for the employee that really cause them to kind of stop in their tracks and have to think about you know, the answer to the question. I see this as an area where many coaches go wrong because rather than asking questions to get the employee to bring out their own genius and come up with their own ideas, they tell them what to do. That is not coaching. Now, is there a time and place when you have to, as the boss, tell an employee, this is what you got to do you can't do it that way you have to do it this way absolutely there when you're in that dual role of boss and coach there comes a time when you may have to say this is what you should do this is what you shouldn't do but i think many coaches who are also bosses use that far too often and tell the employee what to do rather than letting them come up with their own genius so what are these powerful questions Powerful questions are ones that allow the employee to access their own wisdom and their own knowledge. You want to get the employee to think new ways. Think of, get insights into how to handle the situation into themselves. And these questions are going to be future focused rather than focusing on the past. Because if we focus on the past, all we're going to do is recreate what we've already got. We want new ways of thinking so that we can have new ways of doing. And tools, some of the tools that you can use for powerful questioning to evoke awareness includes silence. So just being present, being silent, let the employee work through the question in their head. Don't try to jump in with answers or further questions. Just let them sit in the silence. And then also oftentimes metaphors or analogies really work. So thinking about, okay, So it seems the way that I have already expressed this hasn't really connected with the employee. Let me say it in a different way. Let me go into my toolbox and figure out a new way of expressing this. So that's number four, powerful questioning to evoke awareness. Number five is facilitates growth. The purpose of coaching should be to promote your employees' autonomy, their ability to transform their book knowledge and their experience and their insights into action, right? So taking what they've been through, what they know, what they've learned, and and translating it into action that gets the desired results. So that is a huge piece of what a coach does is facilitates growth. And that's number five. Number six is goal setting it's so important as i mentioned earlier how i do it with my clients you want to enter into the coaching relationship with specific goals and that doesn't mean that they can't be changed and, and should be revisited periodically and revised as needed throughout the coaching arrangement. something happens their job changes their their something happens in their personal life so it's perfectly acceptable to have some that flexibility we talked about at the beginning But you do want to go into it with goals, and these should be smart goals, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-sensitive. So, for example, you know, provide better customer service. That's not a goal. That's not a smart goal. You've got to have some specific measurables in there and time frame. And then your goals should also address the employee's specific concerns and desired areas for learning and development. It's not about what you want. Now, you can influence that as the boss and you can have conversations about what about this area? I've, you know, I've, I've seen this and what about working on that area? But ultimately, the employee has to buy into the goals and they have to be relevant to what the employee sees as most important or they're not going to move forward and they're not going to really participate. So that's number six, goal setting. Number seven, designing actions. All right, so the employee should drive the actions that she takes as a result of the coaching this is not your job you can give suggestions and input and feedback but the employee has to buy in and do the things and in a nutshell the employee's actions should result in visible positive change and growth so that the employee has the the freedom and the space to try new things explore ideas operationalize the concepts discussed in coaching or perhaps there's maybe a reading assignment that you give your employee and they have a chance to then utilize and and try out that concept another piece of the coaching actions are ways to challenge the employee's existing beliefs and assumptions so when you identify something that maybe is an ingrained belief about You know, employees that they supervise or the work that they do, or I don't know, whatever it is, and you see that they have a thought error there, that they are believing something that isn't serving them, then you want to give them opportunities to challenge that and to learn other ways of thinking about that thing. You also want the employee to be able to celebrate successes and growths, right? So the coaching Room, if you will, then becomes this very safe place to, you know, get the attaboys for what you did right, or, you know, at the same time to get encouraged when they don't meet their expectations, when they don't follow through with their actions. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. So, again, the whole purpose of designing actions, which is number seven, is so that we see visible positive change and growth in that employee. Number eight is managing progress and accountability. And this is the last one. So as a coach, you want to encourage your employee to define their own methods of holding themselves accountable. You are in a supporting role. You are not running the show here. So you should never chastise an employee for not taking the agreed upon actions. You want to celebrate when they do, but you want to come at it from a place of support and concern when they don't and really become curious about why did this employee not do the things we agreed on what's going on for them and asking the right questions so here are some ways to hold an employee accountable number one you want to make sure that the agreed upon actions are very clear with the employee that there's no misunderstanding then you want to ask the employee about their progress on the actions that they committed to in the last sessions then you want to acknowledge them for their progress you want to keep them on track with their coaching plan so you know again it's that it's that balance between having a plan and being flexible you want to remain open to adjusting the coaching plan in ways that will serve the client not because you're letting them off the hook or because you know they can't they can't keep up but because there has been a shift in their work responsibilities or their priorities or whatever the case may be and you want to be allowing and facilitating the employee's ability to develop their own ability to make decisions, right? So they're not depending on you. You're not the person who's directing every move that they make, but rather you're, you're in that support role as they develop their own ability to make decisions. And then, of course, confront the employee in a positive way if he doesn't take the agreed upon actions, really, again, being curious about why. So those competencies, again, for you, cultivates trust and security and safety, maintains presence, listens actively, powerful questioning to evoke awareness, facilitates growth, goal setting, designing actions, and managing progress and accountability. I hope this has given you some insight into the coaching arrangement and and would love to hear from you if you've had either a very good coaching experience with your boss or with an employee, a direct report that you've coached, or conversely, not so great, right? Let's hear about that. And if you have any questions, shoot me an email, Lisa, L-E-S-A at exclusivecareercoaching.com. And I will see you next week. Take care.